There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sport. I'm John Norman. Today bringing you a special show that was originally aired during a lunch break in the recent West Indies versus England Test Series. We were joined by one of the hosts of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast, Michelle St. Patrick Hewitt. We spoke with Jared Kimber about the inspiration for starting this successful podcast, his heroes growing up, and why he felt the need to give a voice to the modern-day West Indies cricket fans. So sit back and enjoy as the following on podcast is taken over by the Caribbean Cricket World. We're going to do something slightly different uh, for this lunch break. We're going to talk to uh, Michelle St. Patrick Hewitt, who is the co-host of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. Now, Michelle, my memory of this is that you guys started up probably in lockdown like every other podcast group in the world. You were sitting there at home, you and your mate Santoki, and you're just like, well, we could probably just come up with a podcast on West Indies cricket here. Am I remembering that right? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> what else was the world supposed to do? It, it needed another podcast, and uh, our niche was just the fact that the modern-day West Indies uh, cricket tale is not being told, so we thought we'd, uh, we'd jump on the podcast wave. And you, you're born in the UK, is that right? Uh, actually born in Jamaica. Born in Jamaica. Um, I know you were educated in, in England and in Jamaica, weren't you? Yeah, so I was born in Jamaica. My family came here when I was three. Um, and then we moved back to Jamaica again when I was 16. So did my A-levels in Jamaica and then came back for uni and uh, have been here since. And what about Santoki? Uh, born here. And uh, was he... Uh, Educated here and everything? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. well, you know, we'll forget it. That's why he's not in. Uh, we've, we've got, uh, you know, you've got double stint in Jamaica. And he's from Guyanese uh, family? Guyanese heritage and yeah. extract, yeah. I only know this because you two are always fighting um, on your own Twitter, <laughs> Twitter handle during the CPL over which team is going to win. Uh, are you both teachers? I, I know you're a teacher. Uh, Santoki used to be a teacher. Um, he isn't anymore. And I, 
I am still in the teaching profession, helping the nation's children, you know. You also do a lot of freelance football writing, don't you? The team you follow is down my way. What's the team called? Bromley Football Club, the mighty Bromley Football Club in the National League. And and so I want to talk about what the West Indies cricket, because as you said, you guys started doing it basically because you realised it wasn't being covered. So for those who, who don't know, uh, you know West Indies uh, cricket, because it's so fragmented, you've got all these different newspapers. Probably the Jamaican Glean is probably the biggest one and the easiest one to search on the internet anyway. I could say that as a researcher. There aren't full-time West Indian cricket correspondents. It's not the only country in the world that doesn't have them, by the way. New Zealand doesn't have them. So that it's slightly more common than you would think it would be. But there aren't any uh, full-time West Indian uh, correspondents. Crick Info doesn't have a full-time West Indian writer. Crick Buzz doesn't have a full-time cricket writer. And I suppose you guys are probably sitting there being pretty frustrated that you couldn't follow the game that you wa- in the way that you wanted to. Yeah, um, it's, it's, we call it like a labour of love, following the West Indies in this era. Obviously, everybody says West Indies is their second team. For us, it's our first team. And uh, having grown up at a period of time when the West Indies started to decline and essentially have not been good again, uh, other than in T20 cricket, we just felt that there was always too much of a tendency to link back to when the West Indies were last good. And um, as a result, and we speak now having seen Joshua De Silva, one of the kind of new breed coming up in in West Indies cricket, uh, get 100, there are tales to be told. There are players to focus on. And as ever, as everyone always says, there is still talent. Uh, In fact, a lot of talent uh, coming out of the Caribbean region. So we wanted to kind of almost become like a one-stop shop for all of the news uh, that comes out of the different islands. Because as you correctly point out, Jared, what is going on in Guyana, we wouldn't even know in Jamaica, much less anybody else in the world know what's going on in Guyana. So we wanted to kind of draw all of the the cricket news together in one place and say, you know what, the people are still passionate um, about cricket in spite of the West Indies being in a, what seems like terminal decline. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's one of the big problems is just that you can get really good coverage of individual islands. But you can't really ever get coverage of West Indies cricket. Um, Joshua De Silva, I probably probably knew who he was before he was on your podcast. But he's been on your podcast. I mean, he seems to be, he might even be the third co-host of your podcast. He's on so much. <laughs> and, and, you know, to be able to find out something about him when he comes into the team, usually it's like Kyle Mayers comes in, he makes double hundred, then you know, people like me and Barrett Sunder Race and have to rush off and find out all of our information about him. Your podcast has changed that just because you're actually talking about these players before they come in, as they come in, and before they make double hundreds or big hundreds like Joshua De Silva's just made. Yeah, most definitely. So now we need to go and find who the next player is. <laughs> Good luck. That's going to make a century or take five wickets on debut or, or whatever it might be. So, um, so yeah, it's like I say, Looking at like the mayor's example or the, the Joshua De Silva example, it's about recognizing who people should be looking at, who they should be looking for in in in, in the world game. And West Indies media, I was putting some notes down before. Obviously, you had Tony Cozier, who was such a big figure as a commentator on TV, radio, and also as a writer, uh, magazines, as well as newspapers. CLR James was before him. There's Dr. Hillary. Oh, I've got his surname. Beckles. Dr. Hillary Beckles has written some great books as well. And if you look at the current commentators... This is just my list. I'm probably missing some here. But Ian Bishop, Samuel Badry, uh, Darren Sammy, Darren Ganga, uh, Alexis, Alexis Nunes, who works for ESPN, and Fazi Muhammad, who I think might be, what, almost the best cricket commentator in the world, and yet we barely hear enough of him. In commentary, it doesn't seem to be a problem. In written word, specifically, and probably in the, the um, online world, 
there just doesn't seem to be that much written about West Indian cricket or spoken about West Indian cricket. Um, I think I can answer that. And I think part of that, I mean, we can't compare to, to Tony Colsier. I don't think we'll ever get anybody as good as Tony Colsier um, again. But I think part of the problem is almost like the insularity in the Caribbean kind of reign. So it's too easy to write about your own nation than it is to write about the West Indies as a whole. And that's not me being critical of, of Caribbean media, but it... Well, it is actually, but but, but but it's more pointing out that I think as it's almost like as the West Indies have declined, it's become easier to focus on well, what are we doing good in our yep. own nation than it is about what are the West Indies doing good? And I I would just I would urge I guess Caribbean media in general, if you're from Jamaica, you should still be writing about Joshua De Silva scoring a, a century, irrespective of the fact he's from Trinidad, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's a very, I think it's a very local market way of, of covering the game in that, you know, the Jamaicans are looking after the Jamaicans. They're writing for a Jamaican audience. Mm. Um, but it's, it's not, that's not what it is. And also in the online world, of course, that you're, if you're from Jamaica, your favorite cricketer might be from Guyana or, you know, from Grenada or from St. Lucia. It doesn't make as much sense as it did maybe beforehand. And because it's so broken up and you don't have that sort of umbrella media. And then also, I think Crick Info and Crick Buzz have then let the, the, the side down by not actually getting a West Indian writer because that would make the most sense. And so you guys have definitely stepped up. One of the things you've been talking about a lot on your podcast recently, and it's something that I, I think really didn't become a big deal until maybe around the 2010, and it was the Sri Lankan tour. I remember I was in Sri Lanka and we were talking to Giles Clark, who was the ECG chairman, and we said, well, this is great. We're in Sri Lanka. It's a great test match. Everyone's enjoying it. Where are all the Sri Lankans? And the reason they weren't there is because the Sri Lankan board had put an incredibly high ticket price to basically milk the Barmy Army and all the other tour groups that go out um, uh, to travel. And it meant that it was an away game for England, but actually a home game. You guys have been pointing that out a lot when it comes to the West Indies in this tour. <laughs> Where to start? Uh, <laughs> well, to be honest, Barbados is basically England at this point, but it's ha- it happened in Antigua as well. It's been a little bit more 50-50 in Grenada, I've noticed. Yeah, so I think um, ultimately, let's call it as, as, as it is. Cricket West Indies are in debt. Cricket West Indies needs to make money. So let's get that on the table first things first. We, we know about the finances in the world game and the levels of inequality. So I am not railing against the fact that England fans have gone out there on mass and taking over Antigua, taking over Barbados, less so Grenada, maybe because they don't know as much about Grenada. I was going to say, in, in fairness, they're wrong. This is the <laughs> island to go Grenada's to. Grenada's the one to go yeah. to. So England fans have gone there in mass. Good for them. Now, what Cricket West Indies and what our critique has been over the last few weeks, months, years, etc., is when England don't tour. So the, the the next team to travel to the Caribbean is Bangladesh. I am guaranteeing you now that there will be nobody there. Now. It's all good and well up in the ticket prices and rinsing the Barmy Army and getting whatever cash you can, the, uh, the, the, the TV deals, the advertising deals, etc. But how does the cricket live on for the local fan base if that's not your focus? So Bangladesh, uh, let's say they're playing in Sabina Park, Jamaica. There will be less than 200 people there probably for every day of the test. And that will be our own fault because we haven't made local fans our priority. And all the while you don't make local fans your priority first and foremost, you will reach a point where nobody turns up. Because if we're going to be real about the West Indies team, we are not at a stage yet. We're not a winning franchise. I know we shouldn't call ourselves a franchise, but you know, you, you get what I'm saying. We're not a winning franchise, so there's no immediate incentive to turn up. So you've got to give the people 
a, a reason a reason to turn up and um i just think we're being a bit narrow in our mindset in just waiting for england to turn up i can't remember the next time england are due to come to the caribbean maybe 2025 2026 or whatever it might be um, that's a long time to wait to again rinse people <laughs> to make some money <laughs> yeah and also just from a I, if, I remember uh, Graham Swan complaining years ago of, I think it was a game in Edgebaston where he said there were so many Indian or Pakistani um, kids there rooting for their team. And he was like, this is supposed to be a home game for us. West Indies players must be out there, especially Barbados is the one I thought that was, it was really, really grating. And we know how many, you know, you walk around Barbados and you do see more English people uh, than you than you see um, Bayesians on, on some days. But even so, it, it felt very, very grating. Do you know if the players have got any concerns with this? Do you know what? I've never heard a player on record <laughs> say it. Um, Check your WhatsApp. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't, I can't answer that one 100%. But I do think it's demoralizing to know that there are no, there is nobody. Put it this way. The players recognise it when the fans do turn up. So if you go back to the the T20 series, you would have noted that by game four and five of the T20 series in Barbados, it was at, it was actually fifty fifty. Yeah, it came back. And the players spoke about how the fans had come out on mass then. And actually, if you go back to twenty nineteen when West Indies beat England in the Caribbean. Again, the players spoke about how the fans had come out by the end and how great it was to win in front of West Indian fans. So I think they notice it when people are there. And it's almost like they've become resigned to the fact that the default is they're not there, if that makes sense. I, I think uh, one thing I've noticed, you know, working in the CPL and going out for that test series and, you know, spending a bit of time in the West Indies is the test matches are just not marketed. They're not even marketed to the old uncles who come in from their domino games to, to, to watch the, the matches, are they? They're, so they're not marketed to the current audience. They're mm. certainly not current, uh, you know, to the new audience. If you look at the CPL, some of that marketing could be a lot better. But at the very least, they're saying, this is a party, come to the party. Nothing's happening with the test matches. I will still maintain, and whether it's a naive way to look at it or not, you've got to look at what do Caribbean people love. And the thing we love more than anything else is music, and dancing <laughs> and so i i just think if you're looking at a test match and pe- they might be purists and they might be traditionalists who say that's not what test match is for but in the caribbean we love a good time so maybe market the cricket <laughs> like it's a good time to actually go to the cricket irrespective of format i mean you look at those old you know that old footage from the 90s it did seem especially you know in antigua it did seem like that didn't it you know the band was playing people were enjoying themselves we saw it here in, in grenada actually we saw the uh, perhaps intoxicated fan yesterday dancing on his own for about 12 minutes in, in the grandstand. You, you know, th- those people still exist and they still want to go to the game. It's just, it's just not being pushed to the people in the right way. I wonder, did we now have a new board, obviously beforehand, the, the last uh, Cricket West Indies board uh, led by Dave Cameron uh, from Jamaica, I'm not saying that this is your fault, uh, certainly did not run West Indies cricket in the way that it should have been. It's now being monetized much better. It's much prof- more professional. Um, it does feel from the outside like West Indies cricket is going in the right direction, but it has so many obstacles that it needs to overlook. For instance, Nicholas Puran, um, I had Santoki on my po- podcast talking about him today. A lot of people go, oh, look at him. He doesn't want to play first-class cricket. Um, and it's like, well, the reason he didn't play first-class cricket is because he had a car accident. Trinidad stopped paying his uh, um, a medical fees. Uh, he had a falling out with Trinidad. And then he went to play league, uh, He went to play uh, Bangladesh Premier League and the WIL, oh, Cricket West Indies, then banned him for 10 
months. He had two boards, his local board and his na- and, and well, national board, West Indies board, um, both um, come up against him. No wonder he hasn't played any first-class cricket. Why wouldn't he go to the money? It's a really tricky situation for these players. Yeah, most definitely. And I'm glad you've got that uh, story out because I still think at this uh, point in time that people don't realise that's what happened uh, early in Nicholas Puran's career. And I'll just add to that and say as well, so Nicholas Puran, fantastic talent. Nicholas Puran isn't going to be able to play test cricket for the West Indies unless we're flexible. And the reason why I say that is simple, right? Yes, there's an IPL window. Yes, there's a CPL window. But even outside of that, Nicholas Puran represents... Um, West Indies in white ball cricket. So he'll play for us T20s, he'll play for us ODIs. But those are always going on when we've got our domestic season going on. So something's got to give. At some point, someone's got to see sense and say, you are an immensely talented player. Unfortunately, our schedule doesn't really allow you to play red ball cricket. Red ball cricket. We have batsmen in the West Indies test side who average less than 27. Maybe we should take a gamble on you. <laughs> it seems like it seems like simple science there. But, um... One of the best players at the 2019 World Cup. Maybe he'd be okay at test cricket as well. I mean, if you look at it on purely on talent, Puran and Hetmeyer are probably in the top five batting talents, although De Silva's obviously making a play for it in this game. They're both also potential test captains. As it currently stands, uh, Hetmeyer is not around for fitness concerns, um, which he's brought on himself, to be fair, as much as anything. But Puran has played two first-class games in, the, what, the last eight years? And both of them were West Indies A in New Zealand recently. He's trying. He made a 70, I think, or six, 65 or something against a very, very strong New Zealand A. We know he's a test-quality player. Yeah, we all, we all know. And actually, maybe this is a good point, a time to then point out that Unfortunately, this is where the kind of um, disparate makeup of the the Caribbean plays a role as well. Because as much as I can say to you, okay, let's fast forward or fast track, I should say, Nicholas Puran into the test side. There are different islands where there would be outrage at how somebody managed to essentially not play any first class cricket and jump straight into the West Indies test setup. But then I would say Jaden Seals played one first class game and is now arguably the the shining talent of our bowling attack at 20 years old. He's gone straight from the under-19 World Cup team into the West Indies test team. So you've got to be able to... If you are a team like the West Indies with the limited resources you have, not too dissimilar to New Zealand, you've got to think outside the box. You can't run your structure the, the way England, Australia and India are able to run their structure because you don't have the setup um, and the flexibility to do that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. 
The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Also, Jaden Seals, his one first-class game was for uh, West Indies A. It wasn't yes. even yeah. for his local <laughs> team. Um, let's talk about the podcast a little bit. Uh, it's, it's a fantastic uh, podcast because for someone like me who tries to cover world cricket, not having West Indian uh, cricket writers out there means I, I have to go and do all the research myself, which is fine. But there's a lot of you know YouTube footage of Craig Brathwaite um, to look through when he was 13 years old, knocking the ball off his pad around the corner. Having you guys come through, you've got – it's basically – it's, I'm going to say it's a semi-professional hobby for you at this stage. You've got a Patreon page where people can support you. You sell merchandise, although I can't help but notice you didn't bring in anything for me. No, no, manners. we sold out. We sold out. <laughs> it's all gone. I'm not even wearing it myself. I'm, I'm useless at this. <laughs> um, but you, have, you, you guys are really trying to turn this into, if not a, a profession, then at least a, you know, a, a well-funded uh, second profession. Yeah, I, th- no, I think you're spot on there, actually. Uh, when it started, we had no idea how much it would grow. I think that's fair to say that. And as, as time has gone on, as you pointed out at the start, yes, there was the lockdown, but actually as time has gone on, what it's shown us is there are people out there who want to know about what's going on in West Indies cricket. And that probably more speaks to what's not out there. And we have feel, we, we essentially have ultimately uh, filled the void. Mm. And now we've done that. We're striving to make sure that every aspect of uh, West Indies cricket is covered. And by that, I mean like the under 19 world cup took place uh, recently. And we made sure we were covering that because um, someone's got to do it fundamentally. And um, I don't think we've got world domination in mind, but uh, we do intend to make sure that um, everybody yourselves included and anybody else, if they're, we want to be the kind of organization where if people are want to know something, we might be able to, if we can't answer it, we can tell them where to go. Yeah. I think um, you've got, I'm just, I'm going to try, I, I mean, this is a bit like naming all the stuff that I do, but you've got an emailer on Substack. Uh, you've got yep. the podcast. You've also got the YouTube page. Could you take me through the cuss out sessions? And remember, we're on public radio now, not a podcast. So uh, for those who are unfamiliar with uh, uh, Caribbean vernacular and uh, how we can carry ourselves in the Caribbean, we love to, to cuss about everybody, everything, friend or foe. <laughs> and um so when we when we started the youtube channel i just thought that a good um spin-off to the youtube channel would be what i call the cuss out sessions where effectively i take a topic and i cuss about it but that doesn't mean you swear you just you just angrily remonstrate about things <laughs> and uh yeah, it's very old, it's very old man gets to the train station and then the train is left two minutes early it's, it's great i mean it, it's really good i also think that again 
that's the sort of thing that you could get a really good journalist to cover West Indies cricket from from another nation. But that's a really quintessential. What you and I both know, you know, you, you're traveling in the West Indies with cricket, or you got a West Indian friend, and they're screaming at you about <laughs> the most inconsequential part of the game, but they're so fired up. That's a real part of West Indian cricket culture. Pretty much, pretty much. Uh, think. Uh... Think old man at the bar, probably with a quart, if you've been to Caribbean, anybody kind of loves quart bottles of uh, Red Stripe or Guinness, slamming it on the table and just, uh, I'm, I'm not drunk by the way when I do it, but, <laughs> but slamming it on the table and just shouting at the sky about something. You do also do a rum session though as well, don't you? Is that, you've got to be drinking in that one. Uh, the Rum Shot Diaries, yes. Yeah, so the, <laughs> the, the Rum Shot Diaries are, they're, they're, they're a bit more... Um, professional in so much as we will invite people on and we'll try and talk about topics but they, it, it's kind of like you where it doesn't necessarily fit a podcast per se so you kind of just want to go off you want to spin off from the, the podcast episode so that the rum shot diaries will be something where i might invite johnny grave on as cricket west indies ceo and say okay what's the we call it the state of the game address what's going on as of late that kind of thing I mean, the, the amount of guests that you've had, you had Mike Atherton on recently to talk about the, the crowds and everything. I think that what I noticed early on, and I think you and I talked about this very, very early on after you started the podcast, was I knew that it was a gap in the market because I'd worked for Cricket Info and so many people had said to me, can you cover more West Indies cricket? And you can only cover so much when you're covering all the teams. Mm. But has it surprised you that, you know, two blokes from South London um, are suddenly the world's premier West Indian cricket correspondents? Yes, it has, because there's been times when um, I've been at work and <laughs> I've checked my phone and there's about 100 notifications demanding something about, can you tell me what's going on with this particular player? And uh, I think if anything sums up where we've managed to get it to, it's that because, yeah, I think we've kind of just reached a point where for whatever reason, th- do you know what it is actually, Jared? People trust us. I think that's what, that's the key with anything you set up. Do people trust you to be a source of information that is valid. And the thing is, we don't get everything right. Um, and we, we tend, we will in general say, oh, we've got that wrong actually. But um, but yeah, you know, we we, we want to be valid in, in what we're saying. Um, and like I say, we just want to make sure that everybody feels that West Indies cricket news is being covered accurately. And for, obviously everyone out there listening now after they've uh, downloaded the TalkSport app is going onto the podcast, um, at their favorite podcast app and adding the Caribbean Cricket Podcast to their subscription list at the moment after they do um, Jared Kimber's Red Inca, of course. But uh, <laughs> other podcasts are available that, that me and Michelle are not on. But what, what are the episodes? If you were to say to someone, you know, okay, you want to listen to my podcast, what do you think of the episodes that they should um, maybe start with? So the one that's the most downloaded episode we've we've done is one with uh, Barat uh, Sundaresan, where we looked at Indo-Caribbean culture um, in the West Indies. And I actually think because some our episodes aren't just about players and cricket; it's also about the culture. And that one I thought was a kind of deep dive into Indo-Caribbean culture. Uh, like, look at this West Indies team that's playing now. There's nobody of in- Indo-Caribbean extract. And that actually, for somebody who's a casual observer of West Indies cricket, you wouldn't know that that's ne- actually a touchy subject within the region. So we looked at Indo-Caribbean culture from my perspective as an Afro-Caribbean, uh, Santoki as an Indo-Caribbean, and then ba- Barat as an Indian, because and trying to look at the crossover between Carib- Carib- Indo- sorry, Caribbean Indo-Carib culture and then Indian culture in and of itself and then from an afro-caribbean perspective how i viewed it and i think that's a that's as much a 
historical deep dive than just being about a, a cricket podcast. So if you were downloading the podcast today or subscribing, that's the first one I'd go and listen to. I, mean, I remember that episode. It was really fascinating because I've written about it quite a bit. I don't think most casual cricket fans really have that in the front of their mind. You know, occasionally you might get a player and they might have a very Asian-sounding name and it's, and it's quite obvious. But it's, it's a huge thing. And Viv Richards had some quite strident mm, views mm. on uh, the Indo-Caribbean um, culture, uh, you know, in those days. And there's always been a bit of a... What would you say? Some, at some stages, I should say, there's been an uneasy alliance between the, the, the two parts of West Indian cricket. Uh, most definitely. And I think um, if you wanted to break it down, you'd possibly want to look at Guyana um, as a kind of case study in and of itself because you, Guyana's had a history of race riots, for example. I won't go into them in any detail now, but Guyana in itself almost encapsulates the, the, the difficulty uh, and uh, kind of touchy nature of the of the topic in uh, West Indies cricket. Uh, just very, very quickly, because we've got to go. That, that was a great episode, and I loved it. Have you got anything a little bit lighter than the entire <laughs> history of, of that? Just qu- quick one other episode for, for someone to listen to. Uh, a lighter one, if you want a tour de force, where we look at everything West Indies cricket, and it takes you back into the past, the present, and brings up memories, but also looks to the future. The one with Fazir Mohammed. Oh, and a brilliant, brilliant commentator he is. Well, that was Michelle St. Patrick Hewitt, who is the co-host um, of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. Unfortunately, Santoki was uh, too busy today on another award-winning podcast, but it is definitely worth listening to and following. And you can, as he said, you can follow them on YouTube, on Patreon, on Substack. Uh, you can just come around to his house. He lives in South London, and he'll talk to you about West Indies cricket anytime. Well, that's it for another edition of Following On. Thanks uh, for listening. And if you ever have any ideas for guests or have questions for uh, the likes of Steve Harmison or Neil Manthorpe, feel free to tweet me at Fulham John or via at cricket underscore TS. And uh, either I or one of the team will make sure that your questions are read out uh, on the show at the earliest convenience. Also, please take the time to leave a review. And if you're already a subscriber, then tell your mates to do the same. And if you want more content from the likes of Steve Harmson, then head over to his YouTube channel and tell him I sent you. Thanks for listening to Following On. The Following On podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.